You're listening to Radio Influence. Why, Crusher, it's good to see you. You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 101260 with your questions, comments, or smart-ass remarks. Welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. Jeff Crushell here, the con man behind the glass, keeping us on track. And we are your weekly source for performance information. Today's episode of Crush Performance is powered by Roan, your premier men's clothing brand. Check out Roan.com. If you want to get in touch with us, reach out. Crushperformance.com is the website. Sign up for our newsletter. Check out our podcast. Or if you have any questions, comments, smart remarks, write to us. Info at Crush Performance is the website. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Crush, and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Search out Crush Performance, and we will hook you up there as well. All right, today on the show, we're going to wrap up our series on anti-doping and drugs in sport with a final piece of our puzzle. How safe are your supplements? We'll talk with Brian Jordan, technical manager at NSF's Certified for Sport program. What should you be looking for when you're picking your supplements? And what do you need to consider when you're looking at supplements to keep you, your athletes, your students, or your kids safe. It's a very, very unregulated industry, and there are third-party programs out there now doing some great, great work to make sure that we're actually getting what we're supposed to get when we're buying our supplements, and they're keeping us safe as well. A very, very important conversation coming up with Brian. And as the shutdown continues later in the show, we'll check in and see how you're doing. We'll look back at some of the crush, stay sharp suggestions and strategies uh, for this shutdown. We've been framing this up as a massive opportunity for our athletes to get better, to do things we wouldn't normally do if sport were continuing on as normal. So uh, we'll talk about that and we'll go over some of our strategies later in the show as well. But right now, I want to take a look back on our anti-doping and drugs in sports series. It was a fantastic month of shows, and I want to thank everybody who came on and contributed, and for all the listeners who wrote in with their thoughts and comments and great questions as well. It's a very, very important topic. When we look at the integrity of sport and the leveling of the playing field for the athletes who want to do it right, uh, there's a strong, strong movement, and we've, we've made great gains. The series started off, with Don Hooten, the founder and executive chairman of the Taylor Hooten Foundation. And you can go back and listen to that show. Just go to our website, crushperformance.com, and punch on the podcast button. You can find that show. It was an incredible conversation as Don shared their tragic story of how their son, Taylor, committed suicide after a stint of using steroids that started when he was trying to make the varsity high school team as a 14, 15 year old. And the coach just simply mentioned to this young player who was six feet, 180 pounds, not small by any means for, for a a young athlete. But the coach simply mentioned, Hey, you know, if you get a little bit stronger, a little bit bigger, you're going to be able to do some special things on this team. And of course, Taylor work, you know, with a, with his work ethic and his dedication to the sport and the game got after it. Little did anybody know that the majority of that high school team we're using steroids to enhance their performance. And of course, that led to the tragic suicide and to the formation of the Taylor Hooten Foundation, who is doing fantastic work spreading the word and raising the awareness for parents, 
teachers, coaches, and athletes about the use of performance and appearance-enhancing drugs. Now, keep in mind, the data out there is showing that the average mean age where an athlete or a young person starts using banned substances is 15 years of age. 85% of high school kids have never had a conversation with a parent, coach, or teacher about banned substances. And the fastest growing user group are young females that aren't even involved in sport. They're using it for appearance issues and body image concerns. And, and that's concerning. And a simple conversation can really, really change the tide for your young person. We all know a young person who's using. Now, whether we know they're using or not is a different story. But we are all somehow connected to a young person who is currently using, who has used, or will use. And that's why these conversations become so, so important. And the work at the Taylor Hooten Foundation is so vitally important. They have a great, great following and also a great ambassador group of professional and amateur athletes who are just encouraging everybody to do it right, spreading information. Now, listen, there are ways to get great results. We know why athletes go to the dark side because they don't know what else to do. Shortcuts, or maybe they're just a little a little short of making that team or that next contract, or maybe their skill set's fading a little bit. Whatever the circumstance or wherever an athlete's at in their career, um, there are serious reasons for, for going to the dark side. And what we've found is, you know, with the right conversation and with the right training strategy, we can get results that supersede anything we ever get on the steroids or the banned substances without the dangerous side effects. Now, keep in mind, the majority of these, these substances that people are getting, these young kids are getting, are coming across the, the black market. It's, it's just like the drug trade. These aren't pure pharmaceutical grade products. These are dangerous black market products. And we don't even know what's in some of them. It's a dangerous affair. And that's why that conversation with Don Hooten was so important. You could check out their great information at the Taylor Hooten Foundation. Such great stuff. Our next episode featured Mr. Richard Pound, who was the very first president of the World Anti-Doping Agency. So you could say he was the founding president. Uh, he is a former uh, VP in the International Olympic Committee and, of course, a former Olympic and national athlete himself. A great perspective. And he has been one of the forces behind the banned substance and the world anti-doping movement. And he still is to this very day. He's one of the lead investigators in this most recent Russian scandal. And he's still very passionate and, and involved. And some of the stories that Mr. Pound shared with us on that episode were incredible. They rock you to the foundation kind of stories from the inside and some of the things they're seeing. Now, the good news is he also shared, shared with us uh, how far we've come in recent history. He also shed some really promising light on where we need to go and how close we are to doing some great things. There's still plenty of work to do, but we're on the right track and we're gaining more and more support. And then just last week, we had a, what I thought was a, a powerful conversation with Travis Taggart, the chief executive officer for the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. This year marks the 20th anniversary for the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, and I wanted to go back and look at some of the major events from over the past 20 years that sort of nudged the anti-doping movement in a new direction. And one of the 
uh, major events that I wanted to talk to Travis about was back in 2007, Operation Raw Deal. This is a major, major crackdown on a global steroid ring that started right in the U.S., but had implications around the world. And it really did fuel the fire for fair play and maybe a little more attention to be paid to the anti-doping and PED world because this really did show how deep it ran. There was over 124 people arrested, hundreds of kilograms of steroids and banned substances seized, and the investigation that continued on wrapped the entire globe and really focused uh, at some of the roots in China and Russia and on the other side of the world. And it just really did show how global this problem is and how, if we're going to beat it and uphold and protect the integrity of sport, we're going to have to work with work together with other countries to make sure we can do this. And it all comes back to the power of the World Anti-Doping Agency, who sets the doping code for all of these countries and their organizations to go out and enforce the rules. And uh, I was interesting talking to Travis about the power of WADA, where he thinks it needs to go. They definitely need more teeth. WADA needs more independent power. And that was also uh, echoed in our conversation with Dick Pound, who again was the former president of the World Anti-Doping Agency. And, you know, as long as there's a strong connection with the IOC and the World Anti-Doping Agency, um, there's a feeling that the World Anti-Doping Agency will not be able to do its job the way it was meant to do it, which is independently enforce the rules without influence from other governing bodies. And that's one of the big problems right now. At the end of the day, what we're seeing, especially in the United States, where a number of massive busts and steroid rings have been broken up, is the influence on professional sport and hence developmental sport. And so on the silver lining of this whole thing, we're seeing some of the strongest testing that's ever been done at the professional levels. And Major League Baseball, of course, leads the way. Going back to our initial conversation with Don Hooten, who actually appeared and testified at the 2005 uh, baseball steroid congressional hearings, he talked openly about those hearings and how important they were moving forward to where we are today to raise awareness, but also to make sure that the key players in sport understood what was really going on and the impact it was having on our youth, because this isn't an isolated thing. And one of the things that Don Hooten mentioned in the shot across the bow that, that he put out there at his testimony at the Senate hearings was how important it is for professional athletes to understand the respect they need to have for being a role model, whether they like it or not. They are role models for every young athlete that looks up and strives and dreams of one day doing what they've achieved. I don't think that's a conversation that was happening that often in the past. I don't think we actually sat down and talked to our athletes about the responsibility beyond of their own performance and their own game of being a role model in the public eye. Now, that conversation is happening more and more, and I think it's sort of these types of conversations and these major events that are are making this sort of the norm nowadays. You're looking at these great athletes who are now trying to set the standard and, and, and the path and guide young athletes behind them as to the right way of going about their business. And again, the Taylor Hooten Foundation is a driving force there with their all-me um, board of, of, of athletes. There are a number of athletes from almost every major sport who have joined up on the all-me movement 
to help young people understand there are ways to achieve and chase down your dreams the right way. And even outside of the cheating side, the integrity of sport, which is uber important, don't get me wrong, the dangers of long-term use or using the wrong type of steroids or the black market or the age at which these kids are now able to get this stuff online and start using it, 15 years of age is the mean age for a young person starting to use PEDs. That number right there scares the hell out of me. And I think what it's going to take are conversations across the board. Now, I, I've, I've taken it upon myself since I've been involved in sport to have open conversations about drug use, PEDs, doping, alcohol, health and wellness, the other side of sport. Because we know the pressures here. We understand the want and need. We understand the glory, the fame, the fortune, and the, the, the desire to get there. And we also now understand quite clearly the lengths at which some people will go to get into that world. And fortunately, we're seeing a big movement towards clean sport. We're seeing veteran athletes stepping up, demanding fair play, demanding more testing in sport. We're seeing the whistleblowers come out now that they're protected and they're, they're a major, major force in the fight against doping and anti-doping in, in sport. And also now the testing and the access to testing has really raised the bar in terms of the fight against the dr drugs in sports. Now, with all these designer drugs and all these new drugs coming out that, that we can't keep up, are we ahead of it or are we behind it? Well, that's a conversation that's probably open for discussion, but we still have a ways to go. Despite all the progress we're making, we still have a ways to go. And it's going to be education, I think, that's going to be uh, on the forefront of everybody's mind as we move forward. And today, we're going to continue that discussion on another note. How safe are your supplements? We know that the supplement industry is very unregulated and there are a lot of issues that we need to address. You need to be aware. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk with Brian Jordan, technical manager for NSF's Certified for Sport program. We're going to talk about what that program is all about, why almost every single major professional sport uses this as sort of their cornerstone for recommending and policing supplements in their sports, and what you need to know about the supplement market. Again, on taylorhooten.org, up to 25% of dietary supplements are spiked. Are yours? What you need to know and much, much more coming up right after this on Crush Performance. Stick around, everybody. Gentlemen, have you heard about Roan? Roan's the premier performance lifestyle brand designed for men who appreciate quality, comfortable clothing that fits how they live, work, and sweat. With styles for everything from the gym to the office, Roan is the go-to choice for men living an active lifestyle. Now, I know as the shutdown continues, we're all missing our sports, our friends, our schedules. But with Roan, we can still look great and be incredibly comfortable at the same time. Roan's an absolute necessity for guys on the go. And now Roan's just released their amazing new commuter collection. Perfect for looking great and staying comfortable at the office, Roan's commuter collection is the superhero version of your everyday workwear. Offering everything from pants, dress shirts, polos, and vests, Roan is obsessive about clothing that's lightweight, comfortable, and wrinkle-free. The commuter collection is made to make Mondays feel like Fridays with its carefree maintenance, total comfort, and effortless style. And now that spring's here, I'm in my rain, long sleeves, and my commuter shorts almost every day. The shorts have three different lengths depending on your preference. They're comfortable, classy, and professional. I love these clothes so much, and I'd like you to experience them as well. So guys, here's the deal. 
Go to Roan.com slash crush today and use the promo code crush to get 20% off your first purchase. That's Roan, R-H-O-N-E.com slash crush with a K. Use the promo code crush and get 20% off. And when you're at the Roan website, take a minute to hit our story. Behind Road's great clothing is a great story. Check it out and remember the promo code crush. Forever forward, gentlemen. More crush performance coming right up. This is Crush Performance. If you have questions, comments, or smart remarks, write to us at crushperformance.com. And welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Grishel. The con man is right there, and we're your weekly source for performance information. All right, get in touch with us. Crushperformance.com. Questions, comments, smart remarks. We answer them all. Or if you have a topic or something you'd like help with, let us know. If we don't have the answer, We will get it for you. That's our guarantee. So do reach out. Info at Crush Performance, again, is the email. Follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Crush, and on all of our other social media platforms. Search out Crush Performance. Okay, let's get into it right now. As we wrap up our series on anti-doping and drugs in sport, there is a very, very important piece of the puzzle that we haven't covered yet, and that is the idea of supplements. We are spending tens of billions of dollars every single year on sports supplements, and much, much more on dietary and weight loss supplements. And yet it's an incredibly unregulated industry. And it's very, very unsafe. We know for the athletes who are trying to do it the right way, especially when you are in a sport where there is PED and banned substance testing. We have all heard the stories where athletes who are trying to do it right test positive because of a tainted or contaminated supplement. So to help us wrap up the series and shed some light on this very, very important topic, we're joined right now by Brian Jordan, a technical manager at the Certified for Sport program at NSF International. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. No, our pleasure. This has been a long time coming and a great way to wrap up our anti-doping and drugs in sports series um, because this is a big, big piece of the puzzle, Brian. You know, so many athletes are using supplements and it's become such a mainstream um, I guess, way to support nutrition in and outside of sport. And yet it it's such an unregulated industry, the world of sports supplements and health supplements. Um, maybe give us a little background on, on what spurred on this uh, certified for sport program and some of the dangers athletes need to be aware of. Yeah. So back in the early 2000s, uh, NSF International wrote the first ENCA accredited dietary supplement standard. So back in that time, you may remember in early 2000s, there was a, a real push for dietary supplements. The DSHEA, the Dietary Supplement uh, Health and Education Act of 1994, had uh, you know been in effect for a while in the United States. And so there was a lot of, uh, you know, supplements on the marketplace. And, you know, obviously athletes, you know, gravitate towards you know, those things that they believe it can help them that uh, with travel and the demand of uh, performing and and uh, practicing sports and getting ready for seasons and enjoying long seasons, you know they were you know taking obviously same as today many uh, many different types of supplements and things like that. So you know back in the early 2000s we wrote the standard because of you know the wanting to verify that you know the products have what they uh, claim to have in them, but also the certified sport program built off that standard back in the early 2000s because of the need for athletes to have, you know, drug-tested supplements because, you know, there was uh, contaminated products, there were adulterated dietary supplements, and a lot of the same issues that, you know, 20 years later, we are still uh, facing. So out of those uh, 
meet, the Surfy for Sport program had, uh, you know, was created and started, you know, almost 20 years ago to uh, mitigate the risk of those uh, contaminated products and those dietary supplements. Yeah, well, that 20-year mark has come up in this series a couple times, and it's interesting to see that it's the 20th anniversary for the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, but it's also, March also marked the uh, 15-year anniversary for the congressional hearings um, surrounding the PED use in, in Major League Baseball. And, you know, in the early 2000s, you were with the Colorado Rockies. I was with the Toronto Blue Jays. So you and I were both in the heat of that battle. And I, I have to believe that that really sort of spurred on this movement to uphold the integrity of sport and give athletes the education and something reliable where they know they're going to be safe when they're using supplements. Yeah, I mean, we remember, you know, back uh, back then in that time, you know, being kind of on the other side of the fence. I was, you know, uh, obviously like you, a strength conditioning coach in Major League Baseball. You know, they, um, you know, the, the athletes, you know, that, um, you know, during that time they were, you know, really looking for supplements and they also, um, you know, needed some direction and, and needed options. So I think one of the best things that uh, really came out of all the, turmoil all the things that were going on all the changes all of the revealing of what was you know kind of going on behind the curtains you know showed an opportunity for you know where we can get better education where we can get better at you know providing better um products better services for athletes and so you know because of those things that uh, the, the certified for sport program was created and also, uh, Major League Baseball and other sports leagues started to really look at what they provide athletes and in their care, and uh, and also holding them accountable to, you know, uh, a fair sport and clean sport for all, and not making uh, you know it very difficult as difficult for people to make decisions on what they should and shouldn't be doing. It was, you know, a, a pretty crazy time, but I think um, you know a lot of the parties made really you know calculated good decisions and you know from a player standpoint from an administrative standpoint made some really strong decisions on how to you know um you know enforce clean sport but also to to engage athletes and others to participate in clean sport and one of the ways to you know help participate in clean sport is to provide them the education and also the uh, options you know to to be able to you know do that yeah, we're talking with Brian Jordan, technical manager at the Certified for Sport program at NSF International. Well, on the other side of it as well, you say on the other side of the fence, working with those players and trying to guide them along, um, these third-party testing um, programs uh, became a very valuable resource. And NSF sort of leads the way in all of them and it has been recognized by Major League Baseball, the National Hockey League, the Canadian Football League, recommended in the NFL, the PGA, and as you mentioned, also highly touted and recommended uh, through the Canadian Center for Ethics and Sport, and also very recently um, talked about at the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. So um, we've come a long, long way, Brian, right now as it sits. You know, when I think back to those early 2000s, and, and I, can't, I can't help but think of that, that uh, um, nutritional supplement contamination study done by the IOC in the early 2000s, which really opened a lot of eyes, you know, the percentage of supplements that were tainted or had ingredients that weren't on the label. Um, it just really, I think, showed everybody how how dark and sort of shady the industry was. What does the certified for sport um, um, mark from NSF mean for athletes who are in the market and trying to supplement their performance with supplements? Yeah, so the certified for sport program is built off of 
you know, the standard, which I mentioned previously, which is for, you know, dietary supplements. So part of that program is built off of the good manufacturing practices. And so, you know, in Canada, you also have, uh, you know, registered facilities, uh, you know, site licenses and things like that, that are included into the the certification. Um, But, you know, the the FDA set forth guidelines, uh, regulations on manufacturing practices, which are good manufacturing practices. The Certified for Sport program is built off of NSF going in and with our auditors and auditing these facilities, you know, twice a year and consistently going in and making sure that they're abiding by these regulations and giving, you know, uh, and, and providing good products that have been, uh, you know, following proper procedures for manufacturing. The, the second step to the Certified for Sport program is built off of that standard that tests for you know, label claims, test for contaminants, heavy metals, pesticides, making sure that the products don't have those things, but are also, you know, have legal dietary ingredients. They also have safe use levels and also are being tested for for label accuracy, you know, so that, um, once again, the products are, you know, uh, verified to, you know, be what they claim to be. And the last component of the, of the certified for sport mark that athletes rely on is the banned substance testing, you know, NSF now tests for 273 banned substances. So there's uh, a lot of these substances uh, throughout that are uh, showing up in these products. But we, we now test for 273. We continue to add new substances uh, every year. I think we're going to probably add four more this year and then plans for, for others uh, the, the next year. And as new substances come up, we develop methods for testing them uh, in dietary supplements. And it's all, you know, obviously for the fact that those things are out there. They're being found in dietary supplements. They would um, obviously consume, would be able to cause a drug testing failure. So that's why NSF continues to uh, test for that many substances. As you know, with the water code, uh, with the prohibited substance list, that there's a lot of substances on there that... um, you know, NSF tests for there's there's many on there that wouldn't be available. You know, uh, for you know, um, you know, it break down your stomach, things like that. There are noble gases. There's reasons why we don't test for everything on the water code on the water prohibited substance list. But we use that as a baseline for what we need to test for to help uh, protect athletes, as well as you know, Major League Baseball, the NFL, and other leagues that um, you know you have a prohibited substance list that we we build our drug testing um, capabilities off of. Yeah, such important work, Brian. And, you know, I think for a lot of our listeners out there, it's really interesting uh, to kind of hear what's going on behind the scenes because this stuff isn't, this knowledge isn't readily available for the average user, the average parent or coach, or even athlete that we talk to. But when we look at some of these supplements that are, you know, now coming from all over the world, it's a truly global market. Um, there's very little regulation. And and I think when it comes to those positive tests and, you know, even, you know, south of the border, we've seen, you know, the, 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 the positive tests in sport and athletes claiming it's their supplements. We've also recently this year in, in the junior hockey leagues in Canada um, had a couple of players suspended uh, and their supplements tested to only to find that there's ingredients that cause those banned substances. So, so Brian, maybe for our parents and for our athletes out there, maybe we could sort of paint a picture of, of, of how and why some of these supplements uh, get tainted or, or would have these ingredients that aren't on the label. And, and on the other side, you know, intentionally, 
um, you know, some of these companies are making it happen. So the end user gets a result and that's a dangerous game to play, isn't it? Yeah, there's, there's a few different scenarios that have uh, revealed itself over the years. It's been around for a while, but unfortunately, it's becoming more and more prevalent, as you you understand. And also, uh, you know, it's becoming more prevalent. The drug testing capabilities are increasing. So their their ability to test for grams of, you know, drugs and things in, in uh, the human, you know, specimen is, uh, is increasing. So, you know, the athletes are under a, I guess, a, a bigger microscope. And that just reveals some of the problems that are out there in the industry. So there's, you know, there's a lot of good companies that are out there that are doing things well. But there's also uh, the unscrupulous companies that are out there that are putting, um, you know, drugs. They're putting, you know, whether it be amphetamines, stimulants, steroids, uh, unapproved drugs in these products. They're uh, putting them in, in these in these products to make them work. So whether it's a, you know, a weight loss product, whether it's a bodybuilding product there's there's some of these companies that are actually intentionally putting drugs in there for these products to work that are not showing up on the label they're not putting these things uh, necessarily on the product label because they're illegal ingredients they're actually putting in these products to make them you know either give effect or you know uh, make them work better so that they sell more products and be able to you know make greater margins the other risk factors that are also tied into this is very problematic is that you know some of these manufacturing facilities where they get their raw materials are getting contaminated raw materials because you know, where these raw materials are coming from are coming from other countries that don't have the regulations that say, Canada, United States, and others have. Um, you know they they don't uh, necessarily they're not manufacturing or, or obtaining these raw materials you know uh, in a safer manner. They're you know shipping you know shipping out these raw materials because there's a high demand. And so because of these raw materials having, you know, once again, and maybe produced or, or refined in some of these facilities that don't abide by good manufacturing practices, they're getting contaminated. So you could be at a contract manufacturing facility and you're getting raw materials from out of the country and you're bringing them in and you're manufacturing a finished product for someone. Well, it could be contaminated with a, with a SARMs. It could be contaminated with a, an amphetamine that you didn't realize in there unless you're testing your raw materials coming in or you're testing your finished product going out. So there's a, a number of, of ways that they can happen. The end result is, unfortunately, more and more dietary supplements, you know, uh, you know uh, natural health products, uh, and even foods are, are, because they're being manufactured more and more nowadays, are being contaminated or found to be contaminated uh, for those reasons I just mentioned. Yeah, it's a scary landscape. We're talking with Brian Jordan, technical manager at the Certified for Sport program at NSF International. Again, Brian, such important work. And this is very, very important conversation for any parent out there, any coach who oversees, even teachers at school. What a great conversation to have at school. You guys have a lot of great information on your website, nsf.org. And you guys also have a fantastic app. So for athletes who are out there right now in the market, you and I both know sometimes how hard it is, especially when you're in the heat of battle in the competitive season, you're trying to eat right. Um, the supplements actually become a very, very important part of your regime. And the NSF certified for sport mark has become sort of the golden standard. It is such an important mark uh, for the sports supplement world and for the athletes who are trying to do it the right way. Um, 
where can athletes go? What are some of the hints you would have for athletes, parents, teachers, and coaches out there, Brian, as they, you know, move forward looking into the supplement world? Yeah, I, I get to ask this question and been asked this question, um, you know, previously in a, in a different role, obviously. But, you know, I think the biggest thing is, one, you know, we all look at, we should look at things in a, in a perspective of food first. And, and, you know, that is something that uh, it should be discussed and talked about. There is absolutely, without question, you know firsthand how difficult it can be to have just rely on food uh, with travel, with hours of, of work, with, you know, even even athletes that just get done with a workout or a game don't necessarily have the, the desire, the appetite to sit down and eat a full meal, even though, you know, it is nutrients that they need at that time. So there has to be bridge, bridges and gaps uh, to fill gaps in a diet and timing, those things. And, and dietary supplements do fill that. You know, the biggest things I would, would you know, suggest, you know, people to look at is to analyze where you have gaps, look at where you can benefit from, you know, supplementation. But when it comes to the Certified for Sport program, there is a lot of good information we do provide on the Certified for Sport website, which is nsfsport.org uh, you know, uh, and also uh, the Certified for Sport app. All of those have all the, you know, NSF Certified for Sport products, all the lots that we test for, you know, all the different types of products, goals, and things like that. Uh, there's, uh, there are a lot of different types of products that are go through the, the certification process for a lot of different needs. And so a lot of the information is on there. You mentioned before, you know, the studies that uh, the IOC conducted many years ago. We've been fortunate to be part of a lot of different studies uh, over the years with you know, Harvard and other, uh, other entities. And so there's, uh, you know, research you know, studies that we've done on there, market value evaluations on some of the products that are out there that kind of paint, you know, the picture of what can be out there. And then also we obviously provide as, as much as we can, um, you know, information about our process and also the, the products, the people that come in and, and, and go through the certification process and are listed there for so many that could benefit from, you know, quality, safer products. Yeah, great stuff. The website, again, is www.nsfsport.com. You can go to the uh, main uh, uh, website as well, nsf.org, and uh, get the links there as well. Well, Brian, listen, we've come a long, long way in the last, you know, 10 years. We still have work to do, but this is a, a big part moving forward. Um, maybe one last note I'd just like to get a little insight on, and I know we've had a few questions about this in terms of, you know, the professional organizations that have sort of adopted um, the program in terms of, you know, recommending supplements to their athletes and protecting their athletes. Um, it has to be uh, quite an honor to have these major sports, major league baseball, the NHL, NFL, PGA, uh, of course, having the Canadian center for ethics and sports and USADA, uh, supporting this movement. That is a great, great, uh, I, I guess, fellowship that we have moving this entire industry in the right direction. Yeah, it's great to, uh, to see the recognition for the things that NSF does as a public health and safety organization, you know it's um, it, it's it's nice to be able to work for you know, great organizations, as you know, and also you know uh, living the mission of you know providing and protecting human health. So you know it's great uh, to continue to find ways to support you know athletes, support you know, organizations that are providing. You know, great entertainment, but also uh, healthy lifestyles 
and also, um, you know, it's, it's just a great uh, organization. And, uh, yeah, we, we really look forward to working with more and more organizations that are you know, looking to continue to uh, promote health and, and wellness. Yeah, well, we are here to shout from the mountaintops, my good friend. I want to thank you for your time today. This is just a great way for us to sort of put the end piece, the uh, last piece of the puzzle in our anti-doping and drugs in sports series. Uh, Such an important conversation because sometimes the supplements get overlooked, Brian, but great, great information today. I want to thank you and everybody there for all the work you do. And I'm I'm glad you and and everybody there is safe and sound as this uh, COVID shutdown continues. Thanks so much, Brian. Thank you, Crush. Appreciate it. All right, everybody, there you have it. Brian Jordan from NSF talking about the all-important certified for sport program. A couple great things I want to take out of that conversation. We're going to do that right after this break, so stick around. More Crush Performance coming up as we wrap up our series on anti-doping and drugs in sports right after this. This is Crush Performance. If you have questions, comments, or smart remarks, write to us at crushperformance.com. And welcome back, everybody. Jeff Kershell here. This is Crush Performance, your weekly source for performance information. As the man said, if you have any questions, comments, smart remarks, get to us. We love them all. And we answer every single message we get. So write to us. Info at Crush Performance is the website. You can message me on our social media platforms. Just search out Crush Performance. Okay, we're wrapping up our final episode on our anti-doping and drugs and sports series here on Crush Performance. And it has been a heck of a ride. But we had to finish off the last piece of the puzzle. The one thing that I thought was sort of missing from our entire series, and that is the all-important conversation on supplements and supplement use in sport, especially as our athletes have to tread so carefully now. The testing is becoming more intense and more common in virtually every single sport. And for a young athlete coming up now to test positive because of a tainted uh, supplement or a tainted product, um, it's hard to overcome. It's hard to shed that shadow of doubt that follows you probably for the rest of your career, unless you can absolutely prove without a doubt, it was your supplement in steps, some incredibly powerful programs that are looking at ways to help athletes be safe and also help regulate some of the products that are on the market. Um, NSF has done a fantastic job with their certified for sport program. And you guys can check them out and all their information at www.nsfsport.com, nsfsport.com. They have a ton of resources there for athletes, coaches, parents, and teachers as well. Uh, Really important stuff. You can also download their app. So when you step into the supplement store, depending on what you're looking for, you can go in and see what products are certified, and you can see if the ones that you are looking at might be safe or might not be safe. It's a very, very important thing that young athletes need to understand because Even some of these companies don't know that their products are contaminated, depending where they're sourcing out their raw materials, like Brian said, um, or what production facility, or if the production facility is producing something that might be banned and the production line isn't cleaned properly, some of that banned substance could cross-contaminate and get into your supplement, causing a positive test. And that's what's happening out there. Now, on the dark side... There are companies that are adding ingredients, amphetamines, and maybe forms of steroids or something that would cause you to have an effect to keep you buying their product. They're doing it intentionally, and those ingredients are not on the label. And so not only is this a very risky proposition for athletes who might be getting tested, it's also incredibly dangerous 
for people who might be on some form of medication for whatever reason. The contraindications for some of these banned substances that we're finding in our supplements are incredibly dangerous and sometimes life-threatening. So proceed with great caution. That being said, look for that NSF certified for sport mark. It is really important and we're encouraging all of our athletes to do that. And when you look at the number of organizations uh, on the professional level even that are using it sort of as a guideline, it's getting pretty powerful. Major League Baseball, the NHL, the CFL, Canadian Football League, the NFL is certainly recommending it to all of their athletes. The PGA follows it. Uh, the Canadian Center for Ethics and Sports is endorsing the NSF Certified for Sport program, as is the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. So um, they're creating quite a following. Why? Because they're doing really, really good work. And you can go online again to check out all the resources. There's some fantastic information there. But a couple of things that Brian said I thought were really interesting. You know, one is, of course, the idea that, hey, supplements are contaminated for a couple of reasons, but also understanding where you're at. And, of course, Brian was a strength and conditioning coach in Major League Baseball at the same time I was. So our paths crossed way, way back in the day. So it's very, very cool to talk to him here today about this important topic. Um, but but uh, supplements are exactly what the name says. They're a supplement to a good, well-rounded diet. It has to be a food-first approach if you're going to be a competitive athlete. And then you fill the holes in your diet, whether it's your, your off-season training or whether it's your in-season competitive scheduling. It is very, very difficult to get the nutrients you need over the course of a day uh, in the busy schedule of an athlete. Sometimes the amount of calories and the amount of food our athletes have to consume are astronomical. Just cooking is sometimes almost a full-time job. Supplements do play a, an important role, and that's where Programs like the NSF Certified for Sport become so, so important. You have to rely on the companies that are going through the process and doing it the right way to, to make sure you're safe. And that NSF mark is so, so important. So I want to thank Brian and everybody there for everything they're doing. Um, and again, you can go to nsfsport.com to check out all of their resources and download that app. It is such a great thing to have on your phone. Even, even just in terms of some of the information that comes across that website, um, really, really good stuff. Okay. Even though the shutdown continues, it doesn't mean we're not still training for sport. We're not, not using our supplements at this point. We're not following our diet plans. As a matter of fact, in my humble opinion, we should be ramping those things up. This is such a great, great opportunity for athletes to take advantage, to harness this downtime and to frame this up. And it's really hard. But if you follow us on Twitter, or on Facebook, or on LinkedIn, or any of our platforms. Since the shutdown started, we've been posting our stay sharp during the shutdown drills and strategies. And this has become an incredibly important conversation on top of everything else that's going on. I know how hard it is to stay motivated right now. And it's also very, very hard to keep your eye on the end game when we don't even know when that end game might be starting up again. It's difficult for us to plan it. I can't imagine what our athletes are going through. We talk to them almost every day. The Zoom and the video conferencing has been a blessing in disguise. But on top of that, I think we need to set the table and do a better job of, of really framing this up the right way. This is such a massive opportunity. And I don't want anybody to look back at this downtime that we've had and go, boy, I could have got a lot done here. Too bad I didn't. 
What I'd like to do is propose that we set this up. If you haven't already set this up and use this time to get better, simply put, get really, really good because this is a time you can do things that you wouldn't normally do if sport were continuing. If you were into your competitive season, if you were into the playoffs, or if you were into your early off season, you can change your strategies right now. If you're a hockey player or a basketball player that was coming into your off season now, you can sort of look at what's going on and you could sort of stick to your off season plan, but you can also look at all the free time that you have and take advantage of it. So what does that mean? Well, what we're asking all of our athletes to do is to one frame this up, right? And this is what we've been talking about. We've been having all of our athletes understanding what the, what the priorities are. We call it a shutdown action plan and it includes a daily schedule. And we've asked every single one of our athletes to fill out, Hey, what is your average day going to look like? When are you going to wake up? When are you going to sleep? We also have them filling out sleep logs just for seven days at a time, marking when they go to sleep, when they're waking up, how many times the night are you waking up? And then out of a scale of one to 10, 10 being absolutely great. How do you, how do you rate your sleep last night? And then also a little, just another scale. How do you feel? I feel good. I feel terrible. It doesn't have to be anything too fancy, but how do you feel every day? Just to raise awareness, doing that for seven days, filling out a sleep log can give you a good indicator of how much sleep you're getting. And if you're in those teenage or early twenties, young athletes sort of age group, you need eight to 10 hours of sleep per night. You really do. Especially if you're, if you're getting after your training, we have them filling out their diet and hydration strategies. When am I going to eat? And we actually have them filling out food logs. I'd like them to look at, Hey, what am I going to eat for breakfast? Get thinking about how solid is your nutrition. And over the course of the day, if you are using a supplement, make sure it's safe as we talked about today, but when are you going to use that supplement and how are you going to do it? If you're an athlete student or student athlete, sorry, or if you're an athlete still going to school, when are you going to do your homework? How much screen time and when is that screen time going to happen? When are you going to be doing the chores around the house, helping out? Listen, whether you're a husband, a son, daughter, father, if you're hanging around the house right now, shut down like everybody else, there's chores to do around the house. Everybody pitches in. Hey man, get that in the schedule. Very important. And then one of the most important parts, when am I going to do my technical work? So if we look at our baseball players, for example, they're sort of in limbo getting ready for what we hope is going to be a really condensed, intense season. But for our hockey players, basketball players, and our student athletes, um, they're sort of going into their off season now. So what kind of training are you going to be doing in terms of sports specific training? And then what kind of exercises are you going to do as an athlete to support that training? That should be in your daily schedule. And then once you start expanding on that, you can work with your coaches and your strength coaches and your athletic trainers. And this is a great, great time to really, really move yourself forward. And I'm not talking about, you know, doing your sport more. I'm talking about stepping away from your sport and using this extra free time to do things you wouldn't normally do. So again, if you follow us on Twitter, our, our, some of our strategies have been to learn how to juggle. If you look at how the brain adapts, when you learn a skill like juggling, it is absolutely incredible. Now, does that help you in your sport directly? Does juggling help a baseball player or a hockey player or a tennis player, a golfer? Maybe not directly, but in the big picture, 
as the whole of an athlete is considered, there is absolutely no question that learning how to juggle can help you become a better athlete. Just the attention, the concentration, the focus, the learning of a new motor skill. But as you're learning that new skill, pay attention to how you're learning. Learning that new skill can literally help you learn a new aspect of your sport. So that's really important. Get that in there and make sure you're taking care of that business. Adding in a bunch of different things, juggling. If you don't play soccer, learn to uh, juggle a soccer ball, ping pong drills, jump rope. We've got all these things we've been posting every day, uh, things you can do. And remember the priorities for human performance across the board, whether we're talking sport, academics, or whatever it might be. Rest and recovery, nutrition, hydration, posture, range of motion, and then teach yourselves to move. Right now, as we're shut down, I think one of the priorities should be for every athlete out there is really, really get a grip on your cardiovascular performance. Okay, and work with your strength coaches and your trainers with that one. But this is a massive opportunity. And the benefits of cardio for stamina, recovery, injury prevention, health and wellness, mood, your cellular performance is incredible. Now is the time. So get out there and get it done. If you have any questions, again, write to us, info at crushperformance.com. We're here to help out. All right, I want to thank you guys for tuning in today. I want to thank Brian Jordan and everybody from NSF for joining us as we wrap up our anti-doping and PED series here And coming up next week, we're going to start diving into getting ready for the baseball season. And we'll continue our discussion on the big shutdown and priorities uh, as we look and pray for the coming of sport. All right, everybody, get out there, get better, have a great week. We'll talk to you next time on Crush Performance. Goodbye now. Don't forget to ride. This is a place for my head quick fix on Radio Influence. This week on the A Place for My Head podcast, we're talking to pro beach volleyball player Kenzie Clespies. She's talking about her battles with anxiety and depression, and more importantly, a story that I think a lot of people can relate to about how she overcame an assault during her days at the University of Arizona and how it played into having trust issues and, much more importantly, into the anxiety and depression she already had. It's an awesome conversation with an awesome girl, Kenzie Clespies, pro beach volleyball player, this week on the A Place for My Head podcast a place for my head with brandon thompson and jerry p tuck can be found on apple podcasts stitcher tune in radio google podcasts and radioinfluence.com